whenever you're ready. Oh <laughs> my God. Jessica. I've never been called a fox. <laughs> Dana. That's a classy name for a Harry. I like it classic. Okay. Do you? <laughs> Welcome to the Rants and Raves podcast. Sure. Out with the bad and in with the good, motherfuckers. That's right. Jessica. Dana. Hi, how are you? I'm great. Where's your karaoke microphone? I didn't bring it. I didn't bring it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Rants and Raves podcast. I am Dana Powell. I'm Jessica Young. And, and we are here to rant and rave. Rave. I was just going to let you get started because you always stare at me and wait for me. And I was like, don't wait for me. <laughs> I have a real issue with like just going and getting started with something. I'm like, okay. Yep. <laughs> and I'll just keep looking at you. And then Murphy's Law, the well, minute somebody starts talking, I do too. Okay. Well... I cannot chastise you because when we had been texting and deciding what time we were going to do it, and then I was like, okay, I'm going to grab something to drink, go to the restroom, I'll be right there. I sat here for a minute and I was like, Ugh, she hasn't sent the link yet. I wonder if everything's all right. Well, I'm the one who always sends the link. That's uh, what a dodo I am. I was sitting here waiting for you while you were waiting for me. Well, I sent our shared email address, something that was meant to go directly to you. And then I sent just one portion of a much larger item that I needed to go to you to your email. So we are <laughs> 0 for 3 and we, we are still, a minute and 51 say, seconds in. Yeah. <laughs> can we still say, oh, 2020? Does that still <laughs> count? <laughs> Oh my goodness. Jessica, oh, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Thank you. I know that you took a really fun adventure this weekend. I did. Yeah. Um, I have to say, I feel really restored. And it Ooh. came from 12 hours of being out of, you know, the city and out of Los Angeles. Gosh. And it yeah. was really magical. I went to Joshua Tree and I went there with a friend of mine. We went to do a hike. Mm -hmm. And um, first of all, national parks, again, huge fan. Like I, yeah. my heart is definitely always left a part of it in Yosemite. It's one of my favorite places ever. But Joshua Tree, I've lived here for so long and only went to Joshua Tree a couple of years ago for the first time. You got to go if you've never been. Yeah, I've never, I mean, I've driven through it, but I've never spent time there. Yeah, it's so huge and it's so quiet. You can literally hear a pin drop. You don't even hear birds until like the very end of where we ended up on our hike. You didn't even hear birds chirping. It's just there's this quiet stillness in the desert and it's so clean. You know, I always thought the desert was in dusty and bleh. now I kind of love it. Yeah. It just makes you feel. I don't know. You're just, it's such an awe-inspiring experience. Anyways, my point is, if you can, anybody, get the hell out of your house. Um, yes, obviously, there's limitations to that right now. But if there is somewhere that you can go to get outdoors, I cannot recommend it enough. It just happened that there was not a lot of people in the park. I don't know why. It's also a massive park. Massive. Right. And it's a park that doesn't have any services. Like, there's no stores. There is no running water. Even if you're camping there, when you already, you have to have that prearranged, obviously, just like any other campsite, you got to be well prepared. 
you better bring your water and your food and all of that kind of stuff. So we went to set out for, I chose a moderate hike. (laughs) Well, y'all, I've been rage walking for over a year. So I'm like, yeah, I can totally do moderate. And my friend takes a hike literally every day for about two hours. And I've done it with her. It's quite steep. She lives up in the Hollywood Hills. Anyway, this moderate hike that said four to six miles, depending on where you went y'all let's just say that at the end of the time i looked at my fitbit we were at twenty two thousand three hundred and twenty eight steps and i did almost ten and a half miles wow but it was absolutely incredible i'm really sore but i have to say i'm really proud of myself that uh, first of all it wasn't a matter of just pushing through you don't really have a choice you're up there and it's like well we're just gonna keep walking and hope that this works out yeah because there's not a lot of trail markers if you can get out of your house and go somewhere outside where there's really not a lot of people that was key to just enjoy being in nature somewhere i i I can't recommend it enough i i really needed to do that and it did my soul a lot of good i feel a hundred times better than i did before i went there well that is wonderful i'm going to say something controversial yes i think joshua trees are ugly I do. I've tried to see their beauty. Now, they're unique and kind of cool. But once I see a couple, I'm done with it. And also. (laughs) Then you're not going to the park. Mm -hmm. And then also my kid keeps saying he wants to go camping in the forest. And I keep telling him, oh, mommy doesn't do that. I do. I'm like, you're gonna have to tell your daddy, your daddy is gone camping. Mommy doesn't do anything like it's got to be some pretty fancy glamping before you're getting Mm -hmm. my butt out to somewhere. Because you want to go bed. Why would I leave my comfy bed to go sleep out in the cold on a hard and pee pee in a bucket? Nah. And then on top of it, have to look at Joshua trees everywhere. Uh, why did I just picture you like Shelley Long in Troop Beverly Hills when it starts raining and she just can't fathom it. She's already out in the wilderness <laughs> with the girls, the wilderness girls after all. And they end up around a fire. I'm putting my hand in quotation marks, a fire. And by fire, I mean fireplace in a bungalow at the Beverly Hills Hotel. There we go. That's my kind of camping. That is my, who's bringing the champagne and strawberries and when Uh, will it be here? Hilarious. Do you know what I think might be a compromise? Now, I don't know if this specific place is A, for couples only. Like some places don't allow kids. It's not because it's like some sex club. It's just not a resort really for children. But there's a place in Santa Barbara. I think it's either called El Capitan or it's at the El Capitan beach and it's real glamping like looks like a Ralph Lauren ad right those gorgeous heavy canvas tents but like with a gorgeous huge king-size bed and the room is beautifully appointed like oh yes and it's right off the beach I mean that that's what I want want. are there there heaters in there you know what I don't know yeah there is I'm there will be <laughs> Not interested in uh, any other any other kind of camping. 
Hilarious. That's so interesting, especially because you've become such a plantophile. That's not a real word. I don't know what that even means. But <laughs> I've become a pandemic plant parent. <laughs> I love the Joshua trees, and I actually took like a million pictures because they are all very unique. That's another thing that's fascinating to me. It's not like if you go I into a forest mean. of Douglas firs and they all look like same Douglas fir. Some of them yeah. have one poof. Some of them have 20 poofs in arm. It's just, and yeah, they only that, grow there. It's the only place in the world they grow. In the world? Yes. I guess I should appreciate it more, but. You do wrote an album there and named it after it. Okay, well, to get more controversial, I'm not a huge U2 fan. We interrupt this broadcast for a very <laughs> important message. Um, what? I will say, though, I did go to the last U2 concert only because you're going to get so mad. I am because I've never seen them live. Oh, now, granted, I, I don't like their modern story. stuff. Go on, go on. Well, Dan Tipton worked on LA to Vegas. Yes. And the type of screens that they were using which put out a live feed of the airport mm -hmm, because it was mm -hmm. an airplane-based yes. uh, show was the same kind of screens they also built screens for you too for their tour so those big <sighs> light up screens their joshua tree thing yeah. and all that and so they gave dan tipton really good seats <laughs> and you and really said, just could have cared less is that well, what you're trying to say, Dana? Uh, no. You, you said, wish it had been tickets to Blake Shelton? Yes, definitely. <laughs> but I said to him, I recognize that they are an iconic band okay. from our time. I am not a huge fan of their music, um, but I will go and appreciate it. And I did. And I had a great time. But if you are a YouTube lover, like fan, then probably you should be mad at me because I was probably a wasted seat. But it was very cool. <laughs> <laughs> I loved them through like Octung Baby. And then I was kind of done. I don't love the music they've made in the last 15 or more 20 years. Yeah. But, but I, I love watch, so I can... much of what they've made. There's certain songs by that that are like always going to just, oh, they. I still they really can't get that album off my iPhone. The one that they just put on all our iPhones. <laughs> yeah, I still that's hilarious. That you know, I as you it. know, Aunt Jessica doesn't have an iPhone. She has a right. droid. So she did not get the pleasure of having that album. Pleasure. I know. Uh-uh. I skip them every time. Wolf, what? what is this song, Wolf? No, no. I also know, I know you love your Bruno Mars, and I thought of you because someone sent me a video of, like, a nursing home, and they were doing a class with the residents, and they had, like, these giant, it almost looked like exercise balls. You know those yoga balls? What? They're not a yoga ball. The balls you can sit on for like yes, to help you pour or whatever. So they had them hitting drumsticks onto those balls. I don't know why they yes. couldn't have just given them real drums. They're adults, not children. But they were drumming yeah, to Uptown that. Punk. Oh, you did? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I love it. How was your week, it. Dana? Good. I did a lot of, I realized I'm nesting, which I think is progress for me mm -hmm. instead of like just manically cleaning. I'm actually like investing time into my home and decor, nice. which I have not done since I had a baby, since That's preparing for a baby. Amazing. So it's, it's felt good. I've been enjoying it. It's also a challenge to do that and be happy with it without spending a lot of money because we're in a pandemic. Yeah. But I think I've risen to the challenge. I made some terrariums. 
that are fantastic. I'm kind of in love with them. I'm I'm low-key obsessed, really. They're so, quite magical. And I don't mean well, that in like a cheesy way. They're real, they're real magical. And thank you. For adults. I, well, they could be for kids too. What the hell am I? Yeah, saying? I guess they could be, but probably more adults would like them. I harvested my own moss from my yard, uh, awesome. which I don't know why I think that's so cool, but I do. <laughs> and it's got I a four-level four filtration system inside. Mm-hmm. So I've got, you know, built it correctly. Yep. And then a couple of dwarf ferns, some ground cover palettes I bought for $2.99. I just separated the little pockets and made them into their own little individual Fantastic! And then I added vintage toys from our generation. They're Dan Tipton's toys. I have a Lone Ranger on his horse. So cool. I have some mash toys and some other plants around the house. So wait, the mash toys were Dan's? Yeah, that is so funny because my There's mom loved mash. Yeah, my mom loved mash it. so much, but I wasn't into it. No, but we had to watch it because back then in our yes. time, you only had one TV. Correct, <laughs> and that was like a diehard show for our parents' generation. Yeah, my mom cried the way that I cried on the last episode of some of the shows that I've loved over the years. My mom cried when Mash ended on the last ended. episode. It was a sad ending. It was a really, I remember it. I really, really remember it affecting me. And I also had some, yes, I also had some idea that it was much more meaningful on a, on a broader level too, Mm -hmm. that my dad had been in Vietnam and stuff like that. You know what I mean? So anyway, but it is a fun little thing to throw into my terrariums. And with the Lone Ranger set is a horse carriage and a bird wagon and all of these. But it's really crazy that like uh, cultural appropriation and and insensitivity for Mm. like the Native Americans. Let me just, I pulled this out because I was like, do I make a QAnon terrarium? If this is not Jake Angelini. Okay, well, I'm about to fall out of my chair right now yeah that's i yeah so anyway and dan when i put the lone ranger I in the one, freaking out dan. i know I'm i put the lone ranger out. in on his horse i went ahead and put him on his horse and put him in and dan goes oh his guns are broken though honey and i was like good i don't like guns so he's just got his fists in the air their two guns are broken yes good <laughs> i'm like it's modern yes <laughs> Listen, if you own guns, you know, that's your thing. I am not a fan. I grew up around them. I've been trained for television shows on them, and I do not like them. I just don't. So <laughs> so I'm happy with my broken Lone Ranger. <laughs> I love it. Fists in air. <laughs> I think it's fantastic. Yeah. So anyway, that was that's pretty much been my week. Just a little bit of nesting, trying not to drive everyone around me. You know, my son and my pets crazy. Like <laughs> I think even my pets are over me. Like they're just like, okay, stop taking pictures. Uh, are you gonna rub my belly or say, look at the camera? <laughs> But I was saying to you, though, and I was saying this to my friend I saw today outside, socially distanced, all that good stuff. Mm -hmm. I am a completely different human than I was a year ago. Yeah. And I'm not saying yeah to you. Yeah. 
the way I operate, I have stopped looking at a screen by 11 o'clock. That's amazing. Um, it doesn't mean I'm going to go to bed early necessarily. of that. I just made a rule at 11 o'clock because I remember I told you I saw that TikTok. The guy said your brain like releasing yep. serotonin and oxytocin and mel melatonin and all of that. So I've been doing it for about a week. And I'll tell you what, I'm trying to be easy on myself and still make positive changes. So if I don't look at a screen past 11, but I can stay up past 11 if I want, but I have to listen to a podcast. I can't look at a screen. And then when I get up in the morning, because I have to get up really early yes. to get Henry ready and get him his breakfast and all that. And then sometimes if I have an audition, I don't have anyone to help me right. except Tipton. And so when I have a self-tape, I get up at 4.30 in the morning and get dressed and put on my makeup and, and do myself. And so then all I, want, all I want to do is go back to bed, right? Yes. But then I sleep all day and I get nothing done. And then when my son's here, I'm busy doing dishes or whatever instead of spending time with him. So I've tried to say, okay, if you need to lay back down for an hour, you can. But then you have to get up and start your day and do your things for you before your child gets home. Mm -hmm. Or I'll say, you can't go back to bed, period. So what I've noticed is when I give myself permission to lay down, I'll also my other new thing that I'm doing that I've never done in my life, and it's because of my plans, uh -huh. when I get up in the morning, I immediately open all the shades. Yep. So bright, right? Yep. And I tell myself, you can lay down, but you are not allowed to put your sleep mask on. Right. So because I'll sleep till totally. two, you know, and mm -hmm. so when I do that and I give myself permission and I'm not busy like beating myself up internally, I oftentimes don't fall asleep and I'll go, okay, well, I just want to get up, Yep. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and so I'm getting so much more accomplished and getting out of this like depressive funk by just making those little changes and yeah. rules for myself mm -hmm. and it, and it, and the plants make me happy as soon as I wake up in the morning because I know I'm going to watch my little praying plant go from praying to like praising, mm -hmm. <laughs> you That's know, awesome. opens up and, and those things just kind of get me going for the day yeah. instead of laying in bed watching, you know, Bridgerton again. So anyway, I also, and we've talked about this multiple times, I'm feeling it real heavy again that I might need to stop eating meat. Mm. And I was talking about that today when I saw my friend and then as I was driving away, the stop sign at the end of the street had a sticker on it. Mm -hmm. And so the sign said stop and underneath it said eating animals. Oh, and I was like, nice. come on. I know I live in California, but I was literally just talking about this. Like who's Instagramming my life and sending me advertisements? <laughs> Right. But I was like, normally I wouldn't notice something like that because I was like, that doesn't apply to me. I love bacon. I'm going, you know. <laughs> But it's it's really weighing heavily on me. And I've always been a person that I feel like your own personal convictions, my convictions are going to be different than yours, mm -hmm. right? Yep. So if you believe cussing is horrible, I'm like, I don't feel that much guilt about it. But I feel guilt about eating animals. So you don't cuss. I won't eat animals. Mm -hmm. And then maybe we'll both be better people. <laughs> right? Yes. So because I... Because I have that conviction about it, I've started talking more and more about it. I bring it up a few times a week. Mm -hmm. And finally this weekend, I was talking to Dan and he was like, you talk about it a lot, honey. He was like, you don't have to say this is forever. Right. And he was like, and maybe once a year you have something. Because the last time I had a stay, towards the end of my meal, I started being like, oh, man, I just want to hug this cow. You know? <laughs> So when I say I am not the same human I was a year ago, like I'm not kidding down to the, to the very fiber of who I am. Mm -hmm. I'm like, I get up in the morning 
what? I go to bed at night? What? <laughs> and maybe I'm not going to eat meat? Oh, boy. I don't know. You know? It's also, I think you just raised a very great point. Uh, several of them, in fact. But he's right also in that just start not having it, right? Even if it's that, I don't know how much of it you were having every day yeah, anyways. But I really, that's the thing. I really don't eat that much meat anymore. Right? I kind of scaled it back to once in a while, I would have mm-hmm. a deli sandwich because I mm-hmm. make that for my kid for lunch. You know what right. I mean? But even that now, chicken and turkey is starting to bother me. Before, I was like, well, what if I just stop with beef Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. pork? Maybe I'll feel better. But now chicken and turkey is starting to make me feel bad. And so you don't have to put it. I think, you know what? I think with so many things in life, people will like fail because they're like, oh, I don't do this anymore. Or I know I, how many times did I say, I'm going to quit smoking or I quit smoking. And then I was smoking again two days later or a week later, even a month later. You know, it's like, I'm just going to not do it anymore. And then uh, let's see what happens. Right. Yeah. And here I'm not doing it anymore. Anymore at all. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I, you know, I would say since I've moved to California from what the meat I used to consume when I was young and lived in the Midwest. Night uh, and day. Oh my God, a fraction. You know what I mean? Yes. So I'm like, well, then I really don't have that far to go. And actually Dan Tipton pointed the pointed that out. He was like, honey, to be honest, you really don't eat me anyway. Like if you want to go ahead and say, I'm going to try not to, then maybe it's time. He's yep. like, you really don't have that much to cut out. And I said, well, I'm also not one of these people that's going to be like be posting that I'm vegetarian and meal prepping and all of that. Like, I'm not shoving it. it it's not about anyone else or w- how good I am. It's about what I'm feeling in my heart yeah. right now. Totally. And, maybe th- and maybe that'll change in five years. I don't know. But right now I'm yep. trying to ease myself into saying, okay, you know, I need to get healthier anyway. It's not me that is my problem with overeating with sugar that's my issue <laughs> sugar and snackies oh, give me some grazing time you know so i think yeah i think i may i may make that choice for myself mm-hmm. i'm gonna try and see how it goes but i said to you you know i'm i'm a completely different human being but mm-hmm. I, I think i kind of like me i think i kind of like you i'm still weird i'm still yes you know oh, I, I like you very much. And I know a <laughs> whole hell of a lot of people that do too. And I'm also allowing myself not to be happy every day if I don't want to. Like I yep. have, because my friend was, we were talking about the affirmation app that I have. You know, I mm-hmm. talked about that on the show that I am. He was like, yeah, I just read this article though. I was like, oh, about toxic positivity and stuff. Because some people don't like things, fake it till you make it or things right. like that. And I do understand what they're saying. That I do believe in toxic positivity. I think it yeah. can affect you poorly. Yep. But I have noticed for me, the way I've got my app set up and what the kinds of things that it tells me, I actually get excited when I hear it go off. It has a specific ringtone mm-hmm. and I have it go off five times a day and I catch myself smile when I hear it because I'm excited hmm. to see what it's going to say to me. And yeah. sometimes I roll my eyes and go, that's not happening today. <laughs> but it, that even in itself makes me yes. feel hilarious. You know, exactly. You know? Anyway, whatever. I guess we should move on. We're 25 minutes in. But my my rant is very short. Don't worry, guys. Please. <laughs> we'll roll uh, on into that rant. I'm going to go ahead and go into the rant. It is from me. I did very late one night a week and a half ago, right before I started saying no more screens. Mm-hmm. I had to email Jessica and say, I have to talk about this on the show because I can't be the only person. Okay. So what I want to rant about today is Zoom arms. 
And if you don't know what I'm talking about, I'm going to scar you. <laughs> when we are generally <laughs> communicating with other human beings, they are either at our eye level or just above or just below, right? Mm -hmm. Like if I'm mm -hmm. sitting at a table with you, our heads are about the same, yeah. same height. Um, when you are on a Zoom, your camera, which is the other person's eyes for you, is at the level of your armpits. So when I I've noticed this all along, but when it got when I was like, no, I have to talk about Zoom arms, is when you and I, we were special guests on our friend Douglas <laughs> Ryan's game show, Sight Unseen. We did very poorly. Which is out now, you guys. We're Oh. We, we posted a link to it Yay! or the link is in their bio, but I'll post a link to it on our page. It's a very fun show. You have to try and guess. And Jessica and David are very smart and I'm not. So that you get a lot of laughs out of that. No. But anyway, no. it was very, very fun. And so, but I noticed at one point because he uses the same service we do, but he uses video, right? So you can see all of us. On oh, the yeah. And I reached forward to point at something out my window and I'll do it for you, Jessica, because we don't show video. And all I saw was that. I was like, I... I did what not is see going that. on under my armpits? There is a monarch, but I'm turning into a monarch butterfly or a stingray has snuck up beside me <laughs> who I have fish to feed it because <laughs> these flaps. You are crazy. I did not notice that. Not even once. I wasn't like, oh, girl, I wish oh, I wish almost could said see out this loud, oh, Put your arms down. It was not like that. I almost that. said out loud in the moment, oh, girl, I put my arm down immediately. <laughs> like how I don't have black eyes from the flaps of my arms smacking my eye sockets as I flail around to try and communicate better. No. I do not know. You know what? Shame on you, computers. Why don't you have telescope cameras where we can shoot ourselves from above like all good women do? <laughs> Agreed. Even when I look at myself in the mirror, my eyeballs aren't at arm flap level. It's infuriating. It's awful. And it made me want to slice half of my bottom arms off. <laughs> I'm sorry. It I just had to rant about it. You need to start having more abrupt movements and that'll help like a lot of pointing. You know, I like to point a lot when I'm talking and when we're on Zoom, like to make sure, hey, are you looking what? at me? I'm talking but to you. What do I always say to you? Stop, stop pointing at me. It's, it's so much more aggressive than my like. That so crazy, aggressive. That day's crazy. I feel like the type of arm movements and communications <laughs> with my hands and stuff that I use might be equivalent to like that crazy woman on the street who has a shopping cart and a hairbrush always. Oh. <laughs> but like that's who I am probably, right? Yes. So I have to – I'm using my hands right now and I'm trying to fit them into the camera lens. Like I'm not – I won't gesticulate off screen. I mean, this pandemic is messing us up. <laughs> have you not had a zoom arm problem? No, because I point. You see how tight this point is? Yeah. It doesn't allow me. There's no pointing up here. You, no, you, you have some elbow pointing. I could be flicking you off right now and you wouldn't know. And I it. wouldn't know. Or anything else. The point is very direct. It's very tight. And look at how angry and aggressive it is. It's not okay. Yeah, it was definitely there. Was, Actually, maybe, not okay. Maybe if you subtract the teeth gnashing, <laughs> <laughs> I 
I know oh, you guys right. can't see us, but imagine Jessica's face with downturned brows talking through her teeth like this while she farts at you. Uh, uh. <laughs> anyway, that's my short and very, you know, we like to rant about things that help us still feel normal. <laughs> yes. But we know there are much larger problems in the world. Am I going to suffer in any way from having Zoom uh. arms? I mean, probably not. Do I now know that if we need to leave Los Angeles, everyone can get on my back and I can fly us wherever we need to be? Uh, uh, now, I'm going to tell you before this rant closes something that I noticed. I have some tops that look cute as can be from head on. Mm-hmm. You know what's not cute? When I caught myself in a mirror or a window, like when I used to do mm-hmm. window dressing, hanging it, and I'm like, Oh my God. And everybody that would walk by would always look at me in the window. And I realize it's open from here to under my breast. So you're seeing all of the inner upper arm, the armpit down to the breast. Not okay. It's a gaping hole. So I have shirts now where I turn to the side and I lift up my arm and I'm like, nope, not wearing this out of the house. Yeah, that's me too. Yeah, for sure. And it's not because they're stretched out. It's the damn design. It's the cut. I have been known to to hand sew those together. Oh, that's – why didn't I ever think of that, P.S.? I can't do it. I can't handle it. I don't want that out there. Why have I never thought of that? I'm not sure. I have to, because I'm short and I have ginormous boobs and I'm not a size zero, I have to, I don't have sewing skills, but I have learned how to alter my clothing for my own body, like t-shirts, things like that. Hand sewing with a needle. Oh, wow. Mm -hmm. I mean, I can do that. It's not going to be pretty, but yes, I mean. Inspecting your clothing with a magnifying glass. Exactly. Especially not under your arms. I I was going to say, because if somebody goes (laughs) under my arm with a magnifying glass right now, there's a four. I make myself sound so lovely on this podcast. Oh, oh, also, oh, I just got so excited. I'm glad I remembered this. What? Pits. Remember how I told y'all I was so stinky last week? Oh, you did the wash? Stinky all the time, but I but I talked about it last week. One of our listeners, one of our one of our OG fans. <laughs> Sweet and salty stitches, y'all check her out. Anyway, mm-hmm. she told sent us a message and said, I'm not even joking. Use acne soap under your armpits. It kills mm-hmm. bacteria. Not a joke, Jessica. That I used it that day when she sent us the message. Mm-hmm. Didn't smell all day. Used it the two days after when I, I took a shower because I had to. <laughs> <laughs> and used it then and forgot to put on deodorant. Did not smell the entire day. Okay, we're talking, it was at a point where I was like, what do you mean I smell? I put on deodorant this morning. Jeez, a loose, right? I'm telling you it worked. Because I said, is my body chemistry changing? I mean, let's be honest. Probably I'm just not showering as frequently as I am. <laughs> my husband's so lucky. <laughs> Oh my god! But it really did work. Amazing. See, I still haven't used it because I hate the smell of that salicylic acid shit I got with witch oh. hazel and lemon. It smells god awful. Okay. Also, is not the most pleasant smell Ugh. in the first place. But no, it's I'll not. tell you what. Now today, what I used when I showered was a charcoal acne soap, like a mm-hmm. bar soap that mm-hmm. I sometimes use on my body, mm-hmm. and I used that under my. We'll see if that does the same thing. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. I don't stink right now. Great. But I would say I feel moist. <laughs> we should move on to your rant before I absolutely ruin any chances of me having friends, family, or a career. Oh, my God. <laughs>
So I had taken a bunch of stuff. We replaced our fridge. Our neighbor moved and gave us her fridge, which was bigger and nicer than ours. Yeah, they're both old fridges, but again, it was better than the one that we had. So we were like, yes, thank you. Yeah, if it it worked, it worked. Exactly. The only thing is, and this is not a complaint, but it does whistle. Oh. Like almost like uh, one of the seven dwarfs. Like after you close the door, it's like, it's the pipes in the back, the coils make this. I love how I just made it sound like they were a harmonizing barbershop trio. I was like, I want to sing fridge. <laughs> Maybe it can sing, don't eat that, Dana. <laughs> so we took <laughs> we took stuff off the fridge. Like I all I have up there really is some of my friends' kids' art, right? That they've sent yeah. me. And I'm like, oh my God, that's so cute. And I put I it on it. the fridge. Yeah. So it was that and my magnet collection. No, I don't collect magnets, but I have like 20 of them and they're pretty fun. That's a, uh, that's a collection. <laughs> I hate to tell you, that's a collection. 20 <laughs> magnets. But, but it's not like I sought out to do that. You understand? Like I would see something and I'm like, oh, I'm getting this. Or I've been right. given magnets, right? Like I have, uh, I still have my Don't Mess with Texas that Ronnie Karam gave me. I will never be getting rid of that baby. Love it. Love it. So one of the things I found was this drawing that I showed to you that is absolutely hilarious. It's Alan. My husband's best friend was out here with her daughter a couple of years ago, and Alan met them at Universal City, and she did a drawing on the back of a menu. I didn't even realize that that's, we're going to get to my rant, but she did this drawing of the two of them doing a thumb war. It's hilarious. And she drew Alan with a tie and a vest, almost like some, you know, steampunk hipster with like these jeans with bottom pleats or scrunchy socks and high heel boots. Anyway, (laughs) so so weird and hilarious. Bubble, angry, downturned eyebrows. Very angry eyebrows. Very pronounced. Yes. When you said that I had downturned eyebrows, I'm like, well, if that isn't a segue to this rant, I don't know what is. (laughs) Um, So anyways, I have been continuing to purge all this crap because I do hold on to everything. I'm very sentimental and I have attachments and I'm trying to be like, I don't need that. I don't need it. So I turned this drawing over, which I had never done because I'm like, what the hell is this? It's a menu to the Hard Rock Cafe, the kids menu. And I just would like to go through the names of several of these because I'm not okay with it. Okay. Okay. (laughs) This is for children. I am on the internet with you and I can feel you building up. Like I feel tension (laughs) building up to this. I can't wait. Okay. This is for children. So just again, Aunt Jessica is getting her prude hat on, her prude bonnet, because here are the headliners. Buddy Jr.'s banging burger with cheese. I mean, okay. I mean, I'm not trying to go too far with the first one, but you'll see where I'm going with this. The next one, Ain't Nothing But a Hot Dog. Uh, That's a Snoop song. Ain't nothing but a hot dog, bye-bye. Two buns and a wiener going crazy. I'm sorry, what? (laughs) It's a G thing. I know. But (laughs) why did they name a children's dish after a Snoop song? Ain't nothing but a hot dog. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, do you agree? I don't think they just... 
no. It's clearly, it's Hard Rock Cafe. It's after music, right? Like, who are you advertising to? The parents or the kids? <laughs> this one it sounds like it's from Guy Fieri, uh, who I didn't know was a, a musician. I'm joking, obviously. Razzie's Redonkulous Chicken Tenders. I don't need a kid eating anything that's redonk. Yulis, okay? <laughs> okay. Styler's Mac Daddy, Mac and Cheese. Shut up. Oh. And I hate when anyone calls someone daddy unless it's a child speaking Ma- to their father, okay? Mac daddy. Yeah, no. I'm sorry. Skiddly's not so diddly chicken breast. What is that? What is I that don't mean? know, but I don't like diddly. When I think of diddling, yes. It's not food related. Correct. <laughs> okay, you're getting on the train. You you Adult. have boarded the train, and it's you better hold on. Fingery. <laughs> okay, continue. I mean, that's really it. The re- there's nothing else earth shot. You know, the twisted and tasty cavatappi pasta is not nearly as offensive. But I just was like, ew, no. And then I I'm like. Everybody knows kids just like mac and cheese or something. Like, you don't have to pizzazz it up. Or call it something They don't care about the name. You could call it wadded up gum. And if it was macaroni and cheese, they'd still eat it. You'd be like, you want some wadded gum? They'd be like, yes, please, more. Okay? Why do you have to jazz up the names and make them all extreme and sassy? Like, like (sighs) a child is going to go, normally, I would never partake of macaroni (laughs) and cheese. You know who was king with jazzing up names? I don't know why I didn't think of this earlier. TGI Fridays. The one that sticks out to me the most, because I remember like I would beg my parents to let me get it if we went to Fridays, like in the 80s, the Oreo Speedwagon. That was a milkshake. Yes. I don't like those plays on things, those puns (laughs) on things. It's very Oreo Speedwagon. Uh -uh. So stupid. And that wasn't a hard rock cafe. Fridays didn't need ad music bands. No. Nobody. So stupid. If I am at your establishment to eat food, you probably don't have to push it that hard anyway. <laughs> what else am I doing there? I know. I know. Also, like, what was the razzmatazz? What was that? Oh my god, that was Razzie's redonkulous chicken tenders. Razzie's. It's like an extreme version of cats, but with chicken tenders. <laughs> This also makes me furious. Hand-breaded chicken tenderloins. Tenderloins my foot. Fried golden brown served with a choice of a sidekick. What's a sidekick? Can you say with your choice of fries or slaw? Okay, how about what something is, like that? Your choice of a side. Why does it need to be a sidekick? I'm looking what for side. What message are they trying oh, to these? Here's the sidekicks. Fresh fruit. Oh, yeah. Every kid's picking that. Mm-hmm. Seasonal vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. Fries or mashed potatoes. I don't. Okay. Serve for the choice of sidekick. You. That makes me furious. Jessica. Yes. If you were Hard Rock Cafe yes. and you wanted me as a child to eat carrots, what would you call them? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I mean, honestly, I don't like that diddle one. If you're trying to get me to eat green beans, don't don't be like, <laughs> don't, you know what I mean? 
I'm trying to think of a good example. Maybe I would have I would I would have them shown as a band, like four or five of them, and call them the Beta Carrot Teens. <laughs> and how would you? How would I order that? And can I have a sidekick of Beta Beta Carrot Teens, please? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's a real mouthful. I couldn't get through it. <laughs> Can't you picture the beta carrot teens with a hyphen? Uh, teen T E E N S. And then, you guys, for dessert, let's have some Lucy Lima beans. Get loose. <laughs> for dessert? How dare you? Yeah. I mean, I don't know. They're pushing these vegetables real hard with fancy names. Ew. It's like that stupid brownie flavored hummus yeah, that I we saw, discussed. Tried that. Oh, yeah. God. Well, you know what? I wouldn't suggest it. I don't think I ever will. It sounds you don't good. need to. You do not need to. But at least they're not like fresh baked, fluffy, moist hummus. I'm, I'm not good at making up extreme names. <laughs> oh, my God. I was trying to make it sound exciting. <laughs> Keep the sidekicks to yourself. <laughs> day job and i was gonna be like i don't have one <laughs> i need one what do you got oh boy i think we need a cleansing breath oh, we need we a cleansing need. breath really bad every week on the show guys we like to kind of rant about the silly things that annoy us the important things in life <laughs> like skiddly not so diddly chicken breasts <laughs> and this <laughs> That's my arms for you guys. (laughs) We like to rant that out, take a cleansing breath, and then fill up with goodness. If you want to scream it out with us, you can. But please do. Just take this quick breath. I swear you'll feel just a little bit better. (laughs) Let's take a deep breath then. And Mine always has this need to audibly be like, and let out this exit. No, because I'm letting out that exaltation so that you don't hear my Darth Vader exhale. You don't (laughs) sound like Darth Vader. I do. I'm not. I'm going to punch you. No, you don't. I will punch you in your throat and then you will sound like Darth Vader. Oh boy. oh boy, I guess we need to redo that cleansing. No, <laughs> okay, so we're it's time for corners, right? Yes. And I'm up first, is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Now I read this and I have issues with the new corner name. <laughs> is it inappropriate? Because they almost pulled up the song and then I thought, don't overdo it, lady. <laughs> Well, I don't know that it's that inappropriate. Here's what I'll say. The way that we misinterpreted diddling, <laughs> I feel like someone might misinterpret. Yeah, when I, I know. It's not I, appropriate. I, I, got a, I got a hot for teacher corner. <laughs> <laughs> I got it made. So made. I'm hot for teacher. <laughs> I think of all the education that I missed, but then my homework was never quite like this. <laughs> this man did such a wonderful thing. It's not. Okay, you guys, I'm losing my mind. It's not a story. <laughs> you made it dirty. <laughs> 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 
Oh my god. Oh my god. It's such a good story. <laughs> you can get hot for DJ. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> oh my god he takes off his blazer uh, to put on that vest oh that's, yeah that's, that's not what the story's about he i know i started only fans he didn't start an only Favorite cities in the country. Shout out to Charleston, the school that broke my heart was my number one choice for uh, university, and I didn't get in. But I bet you weren't hot for any of those teachers. (laughs) (laughs) Moved by a need to help his students, a South Carolina high school principal took on a part-time job at Walmart and donated his paycheck to those in need. Henry Darby, principal at North Charleston High School, is considered his community's guardian angel. Quote, Mm. a couple of years ago, I had two students who were females sleeping under the bridge. There was another situation where a former student of mine and her daughter were sleeping in their car and another situation where a former student needed funds for her water and light bills. Understanding the bigger picture, Darby took action. He started working at Walmart three nights a week, stocking shelves from 10 p.m. to 7 a.m. I was taught if your hands find something to do, do it. So I came to myself and said, perhaps I need another job in terms of part time, he said. Hmm. He said one of his students recognized him on his very first night of work. Someone yelled, hey, Mr. Darby, you're working for Walmart. Aren't you the principal? And it blew me out of the water. So at the time I said, that's it. I'll just do what I need, he said. His decision to stand and deliver has led to close to $100,000 in donations from (sighs) all over the country. Now that Darby's story has gone viral, which it has, I mean, it's all over, Magically News, Upworthy, I mean, everywhere, as it should be. Now that Darby's story has gone viral, Walmart has donated $50,000 to North Charleston High School. It's such, for real, a beautiful story. I'm sorry that I couldn't stop laughing at the top, but it's only because you named this corner Hot for (laughs) Nature. And it was me because I do love those puns, and I'd always used to come up, try to come up with names like that when I wrote a blog and stuff. But yes, I <laughs> it really came from a place of love because I'm like, I, know. I every time I hear stories about a teacher or an admit, like there was also a principal. I feel like it was in Baltimore. It was somewhere on the East Coast who set up a barber shop. I yes. think we, I swear we talked yeah. about it a year yeah. or so ago. I think we did. Yeah. These teachers or administrators doing stuff on their own dime, on their own time to truly, truly Help. give these children a friend, a mentor, a confidant, anything. I, it's Absolutely. incredible. So Absolutely. of course I'm like hot for teacher, like, yeah, da, da, da. like thinking I'm like an old timey man from the twenties, but instead I'm a pervert from a 1980s Van Halen video. Remember those headshots from the eighties? You guys, even if you're uh never had headshots you know what we're talking about it's like women would have their glasses down on the bridge of their nose looking at them it would be oh, like a librarian yeah. like yeah. she'd have her glasses in her mouth and there'd be like yes. a bun that you pulled out and shook your hair down right 
or somebody crawling out of a crawling out of a dryer. Oh, she's hilarious. Let's cast her. Uh-huh. She yeah. must be a wacky housekeeper. <laughs> yes. But in our situation, you had hot for teacher. <laughs> I mean, I really I just couldn't help it. I couldn't help it. It made me laugh. But that is such a wonderful story. And like that's an educator really dedicated to improving the lives of his students. Oh my life. God, yes. So beautiful, so amazing. I love that Walmart kicked in with them. You know, yes. my favorite. Or but, not mine. But that is nice that they kicked in, you know, uh, $50,000 to the high school on top of the 100000 in donations, I believe. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, really, really beautiful story. I love it. Love it. Thank you, Dana. Thank you, Jessica. <laughs> <laughs> this is a what the what? Yeah. And I really kept trying to like cut this down. I'm definitely not reading all of this because there's like too much. It's too intricate. And you know what? When it happens, we can all rejoice. But I, it always struck me. I'm always excited with anything dealing with the ocean because I truly my entire life um, have been obsessed with anything dealing with the sea and the life within it. I wanted to be a marine biologist. I, I still do. It's not ever going to happen, but. I'm fascinated by things that are found from anything on Earth, right? From plants, uh, the things that are found in the rainforest, and things that are found in the ocean that we just, again, have barely scratched the surface of. Oh, for sure. An extract from a rare undersea creature will soon be put to the test in clinical trials after initial studies showed effectiveness in stopping COVID-19 infections, according to a pharmaceutical company and a California-based researcher who has been studying it. By the way, just so you don't think this is from I Don't Exist News, this was from NBC Los Angeles, uh, for oh. whatever it's worth. It's a little crazy when you think about where this drug has come from said Navon Krogan, PhD and co-author of the promising study published this week and director of the Quantitative Biosciences Institute at UC San Francisco, half a world away from the home of the drug source, a type of sea squirt, Aplidium al albicans. It is found only in the Mediterranean Sea in the waters around the island of Ibiza off the coast of Spain. Wow. Yeah. The extract, known as Alpidin or Paleta was actually discovered several years ago by a Spanish pharmaceutical, Faramar, which specializes in exploring marine resources for potential therapeutics. Before COVID-19 emerged, Alpidin won approval as a treatment for a rare form of cancer. Oh. So again, I'm not an expert. I'm going to paraphrase some more in this article, but there are things that go on that <laughs> sometimes aren't allowed in the U.S. Uh, mm. because they don't. They're not making people money, right? In the name of some, like, if there's things that they can find from this sea squirt, I mean, we'll put a picture up. It looks like some kind of weird, and I can't even explain what it looks like. It says in human cells, it was 30 times more potent than remdesivir, which is a standard form of treatment right now. So how on earth did a sea squirt get enlisted into the struggle to rein in the worst pandemic? Uh, due to a methodical approach with Dr. Krogan's coronavirus research group, looking not only at the proteins of the SARS-CoV-2 virus, but at the human cell proteins with which they interact. The virus can't live by itself. It needs our genes and proteins to live in and replicate and infect us, Dr. Krogan explained. 
working with collaborators, including several based in the Icon School of Medicine at Mount Sinai and Hospital in New York City. They found reason to pursue one protein in particular. The virus hijacks it and makes its own proteins. Anyways, like I said, I could go on and on and you guys probably don't need to hear all about these intricacies. It's very interesting if you want to read up more on this, the sea squirt. Um, interesting. I just think it's and fascinating. Maybe... and It is oh. fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking. <laughs> Did you think I was being facetious? I'm not. Now no. here's where I will become Dana again and say, can we trade our Joshua trees for that? <laughs> for for sea squirts uh -huh. they cannot live in the same environment so i'm afraid that's not gonna work i tried <laughs> <laughs> that was really cool an earth call little sea squirt little sea squirt little sea squirt Okay, so I'm up first with raves. Let's get to our raves. This is exciting. This is from a listener, Mary Margaret. Hi, ladies. I am finally getting the time to send you a rave in all caps. My dear friend and former coworker, Peyton Gwynn, founded Birdies Buddies, a charity organization slash nonprofit dedicated to bettering and saving the lives of shelter and military animals. Amazing. She works countless hours volunteering at shelters, collecting donations, linens, etc. for animals in shelter. Last year, she found sponsors for every dog at our local shelter. Oh my gosh. Each dog had their individual stockings stuffed with goodies. Bird is the chunky monkey mascot that amuses Peyton and lets her dress her up. Check out Birdie's Buddies on Facebook or Instagram at Birdies Buddies. So that's B-Y-R-D-I-E at Birdies Buddies mm -hmm. to see all of the amazing events, organizations, and animals and people Peyton touches through Birdies Buddies. I love that so much. Speaking of animals, you have a doggy going crazy over there. Yeah. Um, did you hear the palm? The palm? I was about to say Pomeranian. It's not the Pomeranian. It's the other one that I don't know what it is. It's a female dog and has a goatee. <laughs> Oh, I saw that one when I was at your house. But it's not just, I thought you meant just like a little wispies, like Lucy no, gets a little beard. it's like the Billy Goats Gruff. It's Billy Goats. It is long. It is very well maintained. <clears throat> and it's a choice. Brushed and it's, it's very It's a choice. Long. Yes. It's a of the owner, not the dog. The dog right? has no choice in the matter, I assure you. <laughs> I love Birdies Buddies. You know, I follow another organization that we, I think we actually did profile a couple of when we first started out um, called Bunnies Buddies. And that's for um, Bunnies Buddies tries to find homes for dogs. It's usually dogs and they have pilots that volunteer. But I had never, I, I the thing that caught my eye about this story is saving the lives of shelter and military animals. Do yeah. You know that it never has crossed my mind that military animals would ever need homes or I know. like I don't know why I know I would think that they just have a place to live and people to take care. I don't know why I would think that, right. but I would imagine that that's a bigger issue than we realize. So I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Mary, for, for sending this to us. Please check them out. You can find them again on Facebook or Instagram at Birdies Buddies to see all their events and the organization and animals. And, and maybe that's something you want to partake in or start something like that around your neighborhood. I have no doubt that her friend has committed her life to this. Like yep. people who do this are just incredible, incredible exactly. human souls. 
So anyway, <clears throat> check them out, guys. I really love that. Thank you so much for sending this in. We say to you guys all the time, and it's the truth, if you know of a small organization mm-hmm. or just a person helping someone else out, we are happy to get that information out there. And exactly. if our listeners can't participate or can't be involved, it might inspire them to to start something in their area. So again, mm-hmm. thank you for sending that. I love it. Thank you for helping out all the animals, birdies, buddies. Yes, thank you so much. Okay, this is a rave that is something that my cousin Zach on the East Coast posted. And I was like, oh, I've never heard of this company and I didn't know what they did. And so it really piqued my interest. And it happens to have been Holocaust Remembrance Day last week. Last week, yeah. So kind of kismet to talk about this. So the company is called Summit Ice Apparel. Founded in 2015 in Los Angeles, Summit Ice is a not-for-profit company dedicated to producing quality outdoor apparel and raising awareness of the Holocaust. 100% of the profits go to the Vancouver Holocaust Education Center in Vancouver, Canada, and other organizations that work to fight intolerance. Summit Ice Apparel founder Nathan Fielder will return to his hometown of Vancouver, B.C. to donate $150,000 U.S. dollars of Summit Ice Profits to the board of the Vancouver Holocaust Education Center, an acclaimed teaching museum devoted to Holocaust-based anti-racism education. Summit Ice Apparel was founded in 2015 when Mr. Fielder became aware that his favorite jacket company, the Vancouver-based Taiga, T-A-I-G-A, I I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right, had published a tribute to Holocaust denier Doug Collins in one of their winter catalogs. Mr. Fielder immediately recognized a need in the marketplace for an outdoor apparel company that openly promoted the true story of the Holocaust. To accomplish its mission, Summit Ice proudly selected the Vancouver Holocaust Education Center to be the sole recipient of its profits, benefiting Holocaust education in Western Canada. This unselfish donation from Summit Ice will provide the VHEC resources to further its mission to promote human rights, social justice, and genocide awareness through education and remembrance of the Holocaust. To learn more about the VHEC, please visit vhec.org. So Nathan Fielder, I'm like, hmm, I don't think the name sounded too familiar. Then I looked at his picture and I'm like, oh my God. So Nathan Fielder, who started this company, is a comic and a writer. And I don't know if you ever saw it, but he had a delightfully awkward show called Nathan for You. Did you ever see that? or something this is his company no it was a weird sketch show kind not even sketch he just like posed as different people like he went and interviewed a guy who played a mall santa but he pretends like he's someone oh my god i'm gonna do a horrible job it it was on comedy central a real awkward but hilarious i mean it's supposed to be awkward a hilariously awkward show okay he's an oddball he's from canada he's young he's a writer and a comic Uh but i was like oh how cool i didn't realize that it was him that started this company but i think this was very interesting in how this got started that a rival company and a company in the area and from his hometown posted something that would be like somebody honoring somebody in the clan or something do you know what i mean it's it's crazy. So I love that his way to counteract that was to start a company that did the exact opposite. Yes. 
And again, like most places or museums that are dealing with this, any of the centers against racism and uh, anti-Semitism and all this kind of stuff, the Museum of Tolerance in Los Angeles is incredible. And it's obviously has a huge focus on the Holocaust, but they have other issues there. They have an incredible bookstore filled with things and about all different causes. I I just think it's so sad, but so important that we still have to talk about this kind of stuff Absolutely. and that there's still people that deny facts, just facts it, about history. Yeah. That, that um, even happened. And yeah, it's, it's crazy town it's crazy. Uh, coming from someone who like, I have family that escaped the Holocaust. I have family that was in the Holocaust. Well, I, I was going to say that's another thing too, I think because we learned about it as children for, for me somehow, I think for a long time, especially I grew up in a community that didn't have a lot of Jewish people. Mm-hmm. I feel like it seemed like, yeah, but that was so long ago. Well, On Martin Luther King Day, somebody posted, it was a meme or something that somebody had made. There wasn't really a big age difference between Martin Luther King and Anne Frank. And mm-hmm. that like kind of shook me and started making me kind of do some math. Like these things were not that long ago. Right. We know people who were in these situations. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's really crazy. And you know what? This is just a weird little tie-in. I don't think I've ever mentioned this. But you just said Martin Luther King, and we're talking about uh, Holocaust awareness. My dad recently, this came up, we were talking about like old stuff from like Montreal and when my dad was growing up. And I don't know how in the world we got on this to this point, but my dad was active in his synagogue as a young man. And Mm -hmm. he taught Sunday school when he got or he actually didn't teach Sunday. He did confirmation for like the teenagers. He worked with like Mm -hmm. teenage kids. My dad was very close Mm -hmm. with his rabbi, who was a very famous rabbi in Montreal. And he was kind of controversial because he was starting to bring interfaith things around. Like he's well, his name was uh, Rabbi Stern. He had a either a cardinal or a bishop from the Catholic Church. I mean, Quebec is a very Catholic province. There was a cardinal or a bishop that sat on the board of my family's synagogue. He taught there. He was like an advisor. I, I think that's amazing, right? So it was already controversial. My dad said, you don't get it. In the 50s and 60s, Rabbi Stern bringing Catholics in with Jews. I'm getting to my point of this. My dad just dropped very casually that Martin Luther King was the visiting guest at their synagogue during the weekend of and the actual service of my father's bar mitzvah. Oh my God. Martin Luther King Jr. was sitting on, in Judaism, we call it the bima. It's like the area around the Torah that's up and the rabbi would stand in the middle, just like where a priest or a preacher stands to give their sermon. Martin Luther King was sitting up there. I I lost my mind. I'm like, dad, that's like the coolest thing ever. How have you you just never told me? I I mean, I realize that's a big deal. He goes, I wasn't really thinking about it. I guess I'm like, I can't with you. (laughs) (laughs) But how cool is that? Yeah. And I think it's really cool that again, back then, I mean, it's that they were willing to be like, I don't care what people think about this. We're going to have, 
people of different race and different religion in here and we're gonna all talk and i think it's awesome that's really really cool like you know i've said before i grew up christian i i have you know still i have a lot of those moral beliefs or Mm -hmm. ethical whatever and i would consider myself a spiritual person but Mm -hmm. there came a time in my life where i got really interested in some of the I don't know, some of the more well-known tenets of Buddhism. Mm-hmm. That's when that's when I started questioning eating meat, when I would start reading yeah, sure. on, which one of our yep. friends recently bought a bunch of books. And I was like, where did you get those? <laughs> the whole series. Yeah. <laughs> I hit her up immediately. Mm-hmm. But because I like some of those belief systems, and even though it wasn't the belief system I was raised with, I can still have my own I can put my own stamp on that and Mm -hmm. it's not out of convenience for me. It's things that I actually do struggle with, like eating meat. I was like, I'll never quit eating meat. I don't care how bad I feel. Like that's just (laughs) who I am. Right. And then I started reading some of these tenets about being careful what you put in your body as far as food and what you consume with your eyes and what you consume with your ears and staying completely healthy and all of that is what started me on this. What is it now? 10 yep. year journey of getting to where I'm like, I might have to stop eating meat. <laughs> no, am I a slow mover? For sure. <laughs> but yeah, I think that's really amazing that he was at a synagogue that was open to that, you know, with a leader right? that was open to, to bringing other faiths in and, yes. and working as a community in some ways. I, that's exactly. really amazing. Yep. I love it. I do too. And I love that organization. And I love that a comedian did it. Cause you know, sometimes yes. comedians get not not always. It sometimes is true that we can be rather surly mm-hmm. <laughs> or sarcastic, uh-huh. sardonic. I love that he took something that could have been yucky and made it into something mm-hmm. beautiful. I you really know who's it. wearing his jacket? There's a picture of somebody wearing a jacket on the website. Jack Black. Interesting. One of my favorite people to follow on social media. If you just want joy and laughter. He's so funny. I He's so never funny. not going to be funny. I I love him. He's so funny. I love it. So when, this is how old I'm getting. When you said, do you know who's wearing his jacket? I was like, what is she trying to ask me who he's dating? I don't know. <laughs> do you know who's wearing his Letterman jacket? <laughs> In my defense, I have watched. He's a varsity and, wrestler. And Grease too in the last month. So. <laughs> you watched Grease too and let me know. Oh, I did. I took pictures. I can send them to you if I want. I said and didn't let me know. I know. I can send them to you if you want. I say, okay, sorry. Somebody just posted. Our my friend Mary Jo Greer just posted a picture of Grease too and said Grease too is the best Grease. Fight me. <laughs> And every single song is that about is sex. Yeah. My mom would make us fast forward through two reproduction. Reproduction. And also do it for your country. country. Yeah. The red, white, and the blue. Yeah. It's Uncle Sam who's asking your parents will, will approve. Yep. It's so inappropriate in a bomb shelter. Yeah. What about the bowling alley? We're going to score tonight? Yeah, come on. Yeah. And then all those girls up on guys' shoulders with their crotches in their face. Yeah. They knew what they were doing. Also, they're all 45 and in high school. Yes, they are. <laughs> I wish it worked that way. Now, maybe I could get a job. <laughs> okay. 
what about some of the jokes that were dropped that when we were kids, it was like, huh? And now you're like, oh, excuse me. And she's like, Miss McGee. Yes, dear. I'm a little worried. I've missed my last two periods. That's okay, dear. You can make them up after school. Yes. Yeah. And then you hear, where does the pollen go? Doink. Yep. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, and the hairspray teacher with the sexy low-cut shirt. Oh, uh, yeah. Who has the hots for... uh, Connie? Well, he has the hots for her, but the teacher has the hots for Tally. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Now we're just talking out Grease, too. We're literally at the end of our show just Jessica and Dana talking about... But honestly, the lead guy, what is he, British or Australian or something? Michael Carrington. I don't know his real name. His oh, Maxwell Caulfield. You have to start learning other things besides that man's <laughs> name. I don't know what use that has. And I don't know why it's living in your brain. <laughs> that is the most. He sings the worst, most boring <laughs> part of the movie. You're going to say a- charade. And that was my mama's favorite because that's where he draws hearts and <sighs> looks He's looking down and then only with his eyeballs, lifts his eyeballs up into the light while he's drawing hearts. And my mama said, oh, look at those baby blues. (laughs) (laughs) And a guy on a motorcycle. My apologies. Come on, a guy on a motorcycle. (laughs) Nom, 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 nom. Um, Also, real quick, just a slight addendum. Um, Michelle Pfeiffer, is there ever been an actress that can look back at what they looked like 40 years ago and normally people would look dated or everybody else in that movie looks like women trying to be fakely put as teenagers in the 60s michelle pfeiffer is so hot in that movie for real like drop that i beyond i would wear her outfits today today. yeah it's like i I mean if i had the body for it yeah (laughs) i mean it's dumb she's stunning in that like, I don't even care that she can't dance. It's very mm. obvious, like Olivia Newton-John and Xanadu. It is very obvious that Michelle Pfeiffer can't dance. Don't care. Is it the Christmas tree costume at the end that did it for you? I'll be yours in back. Okay, so we sang two different songs because it's of the same the same thing. So like they're doing a performance. Yes. I'll be yours in winter when, when the, the snow, snow is on the ground. ground. Well, but she, Michelle Pfeiffer, she she gets so upset because she thinks yes. Michael's been run off a cliff right. into right. a into a quarry and yep. he's dead. And so in the middle of the talent show, she starts singing. Turn back. Turn back. The hands of time will turn back. And they have to come and collect her and carry her off stage. Yeah. And, and she they don't has, carry her, but they whisk her away. And she has like this vision, like she's like she yes. ate that cactus. Yeah. Peyote. Yeah. Like she just had peyote. She's talking to Michael. And she's like, but Michael, just when I found you, I lost you. Literally, we've been um, talking about this for 15 minutes straight. I'm going to end <laughs> my- I'm crying. It is pitch okay. black outside and all of my blinds are open and I am hunched over my microphone with the computer just like a spotlight on my head, dancing and singing Grease too. Oh, uh, Lord have Check mercy. Okay. I think that's our show. <laughs> 
I think it is. What is uh, Henry getting for dinner tonight? Ain't nothing but a hot dog. No, he's having something redonkulous. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jessica, oh I adore my gosh. you. I adore you. Thank you for some amazing laughter as always and thank you to our listeners who sent stuff in um oh, yes. just, you should tell people how to get a hold of us we love it yes please find us on instagram and facebook at the Ranson raves podcast you can find us on twitter at raves underscore the you can also email us at the Ranson raves podcast at gmail.com or hit the contact button on our website www.theransonravespodcast.com yeah, uh, I always like to end the show with a point to ponder mm -hmm. or talk about something I'm really into right now. I mean, yes. I'm not going to bore you guys. I'm really into plants. All of a sudden, I know a ton <laughs> about plants, which is weird, and I'm not going to force you to listen to that. Also, I did start watching The Great on Hulu oh. with the young fan. I almost said Fanny. The young Dakota Fanning. Yes, the young Fanning, the young one. Elo not Eloise. <laughs> not Dakota. That's the older one. I don't know. L. L Fanning. Okay. L Fanning is the lead. And then Nicholas Holt is the hmm. is Peter the Great's son. Okay. okay. And it is one of those um, genre type genres, you know, mm -hmm. royal family in Russia, whatever. So she marries the ambassador of Russia. It is fascinating from a daily life sort of thing. Mm -hmm. The costumes are amazing. The actors are great. They are all terrible people. <laughs> I used to love Nicholas Holt, and I'm like, you're so gross. <laughs> After That's how good he is in this because show. the characters. Ooh, I yes. want to watch it. It's a comedy, too. Like, it is actually pretty funny. Hmm. So anyway, I've been enjoying that. And then uh, I'm just going to give you a fact. You know, I like to give you a point to ponder, something to think about. If you need to write in to us about it, that's fine. This time, I'm just going to say, well, let me read you the fact first. If you got into your car, turned on the ignition, and drove up to the sky at 60 miles an hour, okay, if this were possible, it would take just one hour to get to outer space. This is according to astronomer Fred Hoyle. Obviously, it's theoretical, but it's fun to think about. So, and one hour, you guys, we can get to outer space. I'll drive because I just got gas for the first time in like five months. So I have a full tank <laughs> and I haven't been anywhere. So my car's ready to go. Okay. So let's low-key get out of here, everybody, and just see what space holds. I can fit probably six of us in my car. It's only a one-hour trip. Get over yourself. All right, guys. We'll be back next week, I hope. On this planet. On this planet. I love you, Jessica. I love you. Okay. Bye. Bye.